eyes on the champion here. AJ Styles, phenomenal hit it. He hit it. AJ Styles, cover. Styles has done it again. Fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This is Monday Night Raw! This fight's way! It's Rant Radio. Alright guys, welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio for November 9th, 2017. I'm Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. And holy shit, rejoice! As you heard at the start of the show there, Jinder Mahal is no longer the WWE Champion, but that is far from the only item going on in the world of wrestling this week. We got new Raw Tag Team Champions crowned, John Cena's coming back at Survivor Series, and Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho is happening at Wrestle Kingdom 12 in January. A lot going on, a ton to discuss on today's Wrestle Rant Radio, but before we do, welcome on our guest for today's episode, Quick Plug. You guys could check out full episodes of Wrestle Rant Radio, over four years worth of shows on iTunes today. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts by simply searching up Wrestle Rant Radio. You not only get every old episode, but the new episodes as well, as soon as they're uploaded onto iTunes. You can check them out there, Podbean at WrestleRantRadio.Podbean.com, or the traditional route at NextAirWrestling.net. New episodes go up every single Thursday. All that being said, we're going to move along here to today's topics of WWE Wrestle Kingdom, WrestleMania, and so much else going on in the world of wrestling. Quite the newsworthy week. We got our special guest, Joe Burgett. Joe, it's been quite the week in the world of wrestling. I thought this would be as good of a time as ever to have you here on WrestleRant Radio. It's always a good time to be on a radio show or a podcast, but I definitely picked the best time, I think. I would think so as well, because I had asked you to come on about a week ago, and I didn't think too much would be going on this week. You know, usually I have people on before pay-per-views or after pay-per-views to talk about, you know, predictions or reviews and shit like that. And there wasn't much else going on this week. I mean, we had, you know, we have Survivor Series coming up, but I thought, you know, the show is being taped in the UK. It'd be a pretty ho-hum week for the WWE, but come to find out, we've got John Cena on Team SmackDown making his WWE return to the pay-per-view in a few weeks. We got Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega happening at Wrestle Kingdom 12. We got a new WWE champion as of last night. It was a whirlwind of a week. Uh, what are your biggest takeaways coming out of this week in wrestling? I'll tell you this. Uh, the one thing that really got to me was that the WWE assumes that now that they're in November, they have to do something good because of the aspect. For those who don't know, during this time of year, November is what they call a sleeps month for television. Do that four times of the year, and uh, that, that's what decides what networks 
are the top networks, and then that's uh, advertisements and things of that nature. So it's a very big deal. Uh, USA Network has been at the head of that for a number of years now, and it's due to the fact of having WWE and big shows on their network for a long time. But uh, due to this time of year, the WWE has tried their hardest to always give you the craziest stuff this time of year to get you to watch their shows. Uh, the biggest problem is they went to the UK, and they had a Survivor Series coming up in a couple weeks afterward. So they had to go and do a ton of crazy stuff in order to make you want to watch. So they gave you all these title matches and these title changes and then spoiled them because obviously they're happening in the UK. We don't see them until later. Even UK fans who aren't even going to the, to the venue, they don't see it until the normal time. So it, it sucks for everybody to have all this spoiled for them because of all the spoilers that come out, but also the fact that the WWE spoiled it themselves. So my biggest takeaway was spoilers are horrible, and I'm glad the shows are live these days, but I hate the fact they're going to the UK for anything like this ever again. I'm going to always hate it because I never want to see this happen. However, history happened for the first time ever. A world championship in the WWE changed hands inside the UK. Yeah, that in and of itself was pretty cool. The WWE.com noted that the first time, not even in the UK, but outside of North America, I mean, the championship itself has changed hands in, in Canada a few times over the years, obviously at WrestleMania 6 and at Unforgiven 06 and all these other pay-per-views. But uh, just in the UK alone was a pretty monumental moment. The crowd reacted crazily on SmackDown last night. Jinder Mahal has been WWE champion for six months. And it was an amazing moment, but anyone who with a Twitter account found out at 3 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern time uh, just on Tuesday afternoon. That being said, you kind of said it right there, and I, I spoke a bit about it in other forums over the past couple of days. Spoilers. I hate spoilers more than anyone else. Yet WWE.com, in my opinion, when they spoil it, I think it's free reign for anyone else to talk about it on social media because they go so far as to literally send people notifications that something big happened on SmackDown. And although they don't specify what it is, when you read major spoiler from SmackDown live tapings, you kind of assume what it's going to be when you know a WWE title match is taking place. So they're kind of spoiling it, but not really. Um, like you had said there, do you wish they would not you know, take that approach in spoiling their audience ahead of time? Yeah, that's the thing about it that kind of bothers me, Graham, is that I can't understand if a random Facebook page gets some updates from, like, a person in the audience who's at the event and they post it all over the place. Like, that at least I understand because, hey, it, it's it's going to happen. You can't stop it from happening, so you can't get mad at that. My issue is why in the world did the WWE do it? I mean, Wade Keller on Twitter said it that. He said, I don't foresee HBO sending me spoilers for Game of Thrones. So why did the WWE spoil Raw in the tag team title match? Mm -hmm. I just feel it was kind of dumb to do. I can understand if it happens after the event, like after it's over with, but then after it's aired over here or anywhere else for that matter, and then, then they tell you on .com that it happened, that's fine because they're just giving you an update. Or if, that, or if something happens at a Raw event that's never going to be televised to begin with, like with U.S. Fellowship hands with uh, Kevin Owens dropping it to AJ Styles at a at the MSG event earlier in the year. Like that I understand happening on .com too, because I can't wait for that to happen later in the week when they come back on TV or the beginning of the week next week. So it wouldn't be really smart for that to happen. So that I understand, but you know we're going to see the event that night in just a couple of hours, and you can't wait to tell us. Like I get what they were doing. They were assuming that in doing that, you're going to watch the event and you're going to want to see the fact that something happened to call them. And they didn't tell you how it happened, so we found out 
that the tag titles changed hands because New Day interfered, and then this whole chaos happened where uh, Seth Rollins got pro kicked in the face, and all that sort of stuff happened. Like that, we didn't see that on .com, so the the context wasn't there. But we, their thought was, if we spoil it for you, you'll want to come in and watch it. But my first thought was, why well, am I going to watch the show now? Like, what was the point? Mm-hmm. I could have seen something great changing hands, but I would be more surprised and happier about that had I been surprised about it happening after I was watching it. And I, and again, I can't stop it from happening where like a website posted or Reddit or the Facebook or Twitter. Like I, I've understood that, but with WWE, it's .com, so you're going to get the alerts on your phone if you have that connection. Same thing with ESPN, sending you an alert on your phone. So, but that's fine if that's happening for a reason, but this didn't happen for a reason, and their theory blew up in their face. Raw ratings didn't do anything for them that, that night, and SmackDown ratings had come in really for me to see them yet, but I'm, I'm very disappointed in the WWE for doing that, and I'm really more so pissed off that they were in the UK, because if this was happening on Raw or SmackDown in the States, we would see it happening live in front of us, because they had not waited to do the child changes next week when they were in the States, but they're going to be in Atlanta for Raw next week, and so they could have waited to be in Atlanta to have the title changes hands there. Like, like there's no reason to wait on that. And so I, I, I just, I feel this was kind of a dumb move for, on their part. And I get it, I understand it, but I still hate the idea of the spoilers of it all. And Graham, you're right about the whole, thing, the whole situation in that these orders are going to come in. So you can't stop them. But at least you can stay off Facebook and hope for that to happen all day. Like, okay, I don't want to find out what's happening, so I won't go on Twitter, I won't go on Facebook, I won't go on these news websites. You can avoid it then. But how do you avoid the dot-com alert to your phone that you've got on there for obvious reasons? So they, they really spoiled it for people, and that's what really kind of bothers me the most, is that the company spoiled it. Not that a site or Facebook or someone else did that we know was going to do that, mm-hmm. but the damn company themselves did it. And they've been doing this for years now, too. This is not a new phenomenon. They, I remember when they did this when, I mean, it's been four or five years by this point, but when Del Rio, he had won the World Heavyweight Championship on SmackDown. At that point, it was still airing on Fridays. They spoiled it Tuesday night. And people obviously were going to report it on the dirt sheets and shit, but for those of you know, for those people that don't read the wrestling news websites and don't follow our accounts that would have known that Del Rio had won the championship... They wouldn't have known, but they found out through WWE themselves. And like you said, I could see why they might be doing it. Because you're going to tune in, for most people regardless, to see how it happened. But, I don't know, it just kind of takes away from the excitement of it all. And the timing was weird. Like you said, we didn't get just one, but two title changes in the UK between Raw and SmackDown this week. One in and of itself is rare. Then to get two is, is insane. So, I don't know if it was for the UK fans, because I know some of the shows had not been sold out as of Monday or Tuesday. Maybe they want to bring in more people or boost their ratings. I don't know. Like you had said, there could be a variety of different reasons. I'm not a fan of it either, but it did make for a pretty exciting week in the WWE. Significantly switching up the Survivor Series card. You'd mentioned it right there. In the matter of days, we have a major upgrade to the Survivor Series card. A week ago, if you asked anyone if they were looking forward to Survivor Series over TakeOver War Games that Saturday night uh, next weekend, they would have told you TakeOver, anyone who follows NXT, but it seems like it might be a bit of a more even split between the two shows now that we have John Cena on Team SmackDown, as announced earlier on Wednesday. On Tuesday, a new WWE champion. Not only do we have AJ Styles as the new champion, he's facing Brock Lesnar taking Jinder's spot at Survivor Series in that WWE Champion versus Universal Champion match. 
And in another champion versus champion match, we got Cesaro and Sheamus versus the Usos. So we've got a, a drastically different card for Survivor Series, Joe. I want to ask you, are your, is your anticipation at an entirely different level than it was even a few days ago? Now, for a lot of people, I'm kind of on the fence with this because a lot of people are always about, well, I want to see the event anyway. Like, I was already with the, the people who want to see it anyway. So I was going to watch TakeOver and I was going to watch Survivor Series because I wanted to see what was going to happen. And so I'm, I'm good with that. But, yeah, the, the, the card change definitely made some intriguing choices. Obviously, with Roman Reigns coming back, they knew they, they did not have to add him to the uh, Raw team, even though the Raw team looks to be kind of weak right now in comparison to the SmackDown team, which, good God, look how strong it looks. That makes me feel kind of weird about this. Obviously, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and General all have nothing to do with the card at this point, so next week it's going to be interesting to see what they do. We know New Day is probably going to take on the Shield now that Roman Reigns is going to return. And he's supposed to be returning because they told England before the show happened last night that Roman was going to return next week in Atlanta. So we know he'll be there. Uh, the question of it is, though, Shuver's New Day being out of the card, is that a big deal for people? Possibly. I think people want to see that match anyway. Uh, but that makes now a fourth tag match for the event. So I don't know if that's going to be elimination style or single elimination. I don't really know how it's going to work yet. We've not officially made the match, so I don't know. Uh AZ style thing on Brock Lesnar is interesting, but I find it to be stupid. People are going to say, no, why would you find it stupid? It's a great idea for a match. Yeah, I love the idea for the match. I'm going to be very interested in the match. But why is AZ Styles taking on Brock Lesnar if Jinder Mahal made the challenge? Mm -hmm. Because the booking makes no sense. Like, Graham, think of it this way. If I challenge someone to a fight and you take on the fight for me because you happen to beat me in a fight... That does not mean that you take on the challenge. That means that I still have to take on that fight because I challenged that person. Mm -hmm. You didn't. Why on God's green earth are you changing this whole thing to where General Mahal is no longer taking on the fight that he challenged for? I, I, I get it if this is always going to be champion versus champion, that was going to be it. Like, I get it. That was the whole thing. But that wasn't the whole thing. It just happened that General Mahal was champion at the time he made the challenge. So... Just because AJ Styles beat Jinder Mahal doesn't mean he should be taking on Brock Lesnar. They never made that clear. And yeah, Jinder was champion all over the entire show, and I guess maybe they thought since Jinder Mahal was champion at the time that it was going to be okay for that to be because they are they already going to do champion v champion anyway. But my theory was whoever lost his match was going to be in the Survivor Series team, but that's not happening anymore because Cena's now added to it, so... It's unlikely to believe they're going to have AJ off the card. So people are assuming that Jinder Mahal may get a rematch for the championship. I, probably, but we don't know yet. Mm -hmm. Even if he does, why would he win and, and why would AJ Styles miss the card? Like, you can stand not having Jinder Mahal on the card. He's not that big of a name. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, don't know if that's a, a good idea to like, lead them off. I think they'll probably be involved in, in the match anyway. Uh, for the Shantman uh, captaining team, I think that's going to cost them the match, to be honest with you. But I, I just, I don't really get the booking behind why AJ's taking on a challenge let out by gender. I just, I don't think that's a smart move. I think it's a bad booking. And so I'm fine if they want to keep gender and Brock on the card because that's the challenge that Brock accepted. He did not accept the WWE Champions proposal. He accepted Jim Mahal's proposal. That's the difference. And I mean, they've made a big, big problem for themselves that they have to find a way to get out of. And I don't know how they're going to find that. Now, I'm happy watching AJ versus Brock. I think that's going to be far better than Ginger versus Brock, but I just don't like how they set it up. 
Yeah, it's pretty apparent. I mean, this has been the case for a long time now, but they don't think things through. Like you had said, the entire card is champion versus champion. So why they bother having that they bother had Jinder throw out the challenge to begin with was completely pointless. Because if you can recall, there was that one Tuesday when Jinder called out Brock, and we had to await Brock's. I mean, we already knew the match was going to be booked. It had been rumored weeks in advance, but um, we had to wait for Brock's response on Raw. Before Brock even accepted, or Paul Heyman accepted on Brock's behalf on that same Raw, earlier that evening, at the start of the show, Kurt Angle himself, on the on the Titantron, announced that it would be Jinder and Brock at Survivor Series. Before Brock even accepted. And then Brock and Paul Heyman came out there and accepted the challenge like Kurt had never said that. So, I, I don't know exactly. what... Exactly. You know, it's... It, the, that the, bothered me, too. I, I agree with you, Graham. That bothered me, too. I was thinking the exact same thing watching it. Like, I'm thinking... Wasn't the whole idea for Brock being there tonight is that he was going to be accepting the challenge? So why did why did they get this, why did they get accepted for him? I feel like it's a dumb idea. Like, <laughs> what's the whole point now of of them coming out? Like now that it's happened, why is it that they're accepting it? Because it's already been made. It, it, the idea behind it is just idiotic, to say the very least. Yeah. Uh, now we knew Jinder Mahal was going to drop the championship soon. My theory was he was going to drop it the day after. He faced off of Brock, maybe a few days after on SmackDown, where AJ Styles gets a match against him, and maybe since he got beaten by Brock, AJ would get the win, and then Jinder would get back on the time to go to the Indian Tour. Because he's he's pronounced as a or announced off as a uh, two-time WWE champion on the tour, so mm-hmm. we know AJ's not going to hold on to this title for very long. But this could have been their point all along was to have AJ in this match with Brock. If that was the case, then why? did you have gender make the challenge and not just make this match champ versus champ already? Like, and then you mentioned previously that Kurt Angle accepted this whole thing for him. So if that was the whole thing, then you could have made the announcement at the exact same time. So I, I just, I hate the way they set this up because the booking made no damn sense. And everyone's watching this thing in the same thing. Like, really? Like, what's going on here again? I, I, feel, I feel weird about that. So it, yeah, it's a ram. I don't know what the point is of this whole thing. Is it, is it that we need to watch Champers Champ, or are we watching for the booking? Because the booking the entire time was Jinder versus Brock for about a month now, and now we're changing it roughly a week out because next week's the go home shows. So we're only going to get one big response from Brock next week and one big response from AJ next week until the big match. It feels somewhat similar to what happened where AJ took on Finn Balor. It's like it's a, it's a random throw in match out of nowhere. Mm hmm. Just, just yeah. No, sorry, go ahead. But yeah, there's no setup, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I completely agree. I mean, like you had said, it's the same thing. I think that's a perfect comparison with Balor and Styles. The match is going to be great. People will be talking about the match, but there's no story there. I know it's Raw versus SmackDown, but if that's all this pay-per-view is, then no one's going to give a shit. I mean, from an in-ring standpoint, it could be a great show if if all these matches deliver. But it goes back to the root of the issue that, personally, I took exception to when this whole, you know, the concept of the pay-per-view was announced right after TLC. Raw versus SmackDown means absolutely nothing because these brands before Survivor Series, you know, prior to, you know, right TLC, right before TLC, they weren't rivals at all. You can make that case maybe right after the brand split was instituted, you know, about a year ago. But in recent months, they've been far from rivals. Fucking Shane McMahon or Daniel Bryan or whoever lent AJ Styles to Raw for the TLC pay-per-view. So how are they rivals before just recently? Doesn't make too much sense to me. So, I don't know about you. And I mean, I I think the men's tag team match, now that we got Cena and Angle and Shane and all these other big names, 
again, it's going to be a great fucking match. I'm not saying that, but do they really expect fans to cheer for one show over the other? In terms of quality, they've both been largely mediocre for the last number of months, especially with Jinder on top on SmackDown. You can make the case SmackDown's been a bit better, but beyond that, in my opinion, one show has not been better than the other, and it's not like I have this dying loyalty to either brand, so I won't be cheering for Raw over SmackDown. So it's it's a really weird it's concept. Point, you know? mm-hmm. It's kind of the point. Like, fans aren't really buying into that. And I think if we were going to do this, like, three years from now, and no one changed brands, that would be different. Yeah. But they exactly. change brands every year where mm-hmm. everyone's switching shows. Now, the only person who hasn't really switched up a little bit would be kind of AJ Styles the last couple of years. At least big name guys haven't changed hands. I mean, Roman hasn't moved, but Finn just got back, so he was not going to move either. But really, Dean Ambrose moved. He was one of the big names over on SmackDown. The Miz moved. And they were the two of the big, two of the big and hottest acts on that card all year long. And Miz obviously was the best heel in that brand for the entire year. And then they randomly threw Ginger in there as being the top heel because, okay, I guess. <laughs> and then they take Bray as well. And then we, of course, get Kevin Owens on SmackDown and Sami Zayn on SmackDown. We keep AJ on SmackDown. Then we of Raw get to get all these shield guys on. And it's a great idea if you're trying to stack Raw. And then, of course, Shinsuke Nakamura goes to SmackDown. And Ty Jenner goes to SmackDown. Bobby Roode goes to SmackDown. The new guys are coming in. But it also takes place of a lot of problems, too, where the card looks to be stacked as far as, like, great matches up against great matches. And I don't think anyone's going to care about the match quality. The issue is this is not making me care about one of the shows because we're not seeing a drastic difference here because guys are going back and forth anyway. Like, right now, Corey Graves is announcing for both shows. Exactly, exactly. Renee That's Young, too. the yep. biggest problem. Like, one of the biggest problems. And then they initially didn't start that. I think it wasn't so much their fault that way. I mean, JBL leaving was a big issue. But how hard is it to put someone else on that show? Mm-hmm. Like, Otunga's already ready to come back. Why is he not doing that spot? And, and the situation as well is, why is it the Booker T is still over there? Why is Gerald Lawler not coming in and doing that until someone else can take over for that spot? There's plenty of people who could be coming in and working that, that spot. Or, and this is a crazy thought here, Graham, they can go back to a two-man damn team that Lubbock has always been. <laughs> what a concept. the best part anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was surprised. It, it I mean, just, they've, they've been doing that for a long time now with the three-man booth, but I completely agree. I mean, what a concept to have two people on one booth. It's not like we had that I for know, many, many years before, a couple of years idea, ago. Graham. I mean, it's all like it didn't work <laughs> before. I mean, I know I'm, 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 I'm a little here saying two-man teams can work, but... Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. But I'm I'm on a limb in saying that, but I'm positive it could possibly work. The biggest problem we look at this card with is, okay, look at Raw and SmackDown's men's team. Let's just pretend that's actually a thought. Raw's team is led by is led by Kurt Angle. and includes Finn Balor, Snow, Joe, and Braun Strowman, as well as Jason Jordan, who just randomly added this team because, you know, reasons, right? Then you look at SmackDown. It's got Shane and leading in as captain. But following him, it's Shinsuke Nakamura. We, of course, had John Cena, that damn thing now. We have probably the best ever Survivor Series person in history of men's elimination matches, Randy Orton, and Bobby Roode, which is this insanely big lineup in comparison, and yet Kurt Angle has to win that match in order to keep his job. Mm-hmm. And yet the team he picks is bullshit. Because you could have added someone else to the other side, and now the Shield is no longer actually there as a team. 
you could have added one of those major names to there. But no, no, no. Let's add Jason Jordan to your team, who apparently has to be more trustworthy than someone like Seth Rollins, who is a former two-time world champion, who has been a U.S. champion, who has been one of the top names in the business for the last three years now. But your son apparently makes sense. There's, there's a lot of issues there for Raw's men's team isn't good. Of course, Raw's women's team looks like they can win because they've Oscar on the team, and I don't think Oscar's going to lose a match. So there's a problem there in that there are multiple issues plaguing this situation. But, of course, we know that Brock's going to probably win his match against AJ, no matter how good AJ is. So there's, there's good and bad here, but Raw's probably going to go over certain parts. But why are we not getting other things happening? Like, why is there nothing risking this year? Last year, there was a risk. The Intercontinental title could change brands. The Cruiserweight title could change brands. This year, there's no risk in anything. It's just chant, do chant. Mm-hmm. And now we don't know if one of the can make it because he's got, a, he's got a bum ankle or a bum knee compared to what happened to him on, on SmackDown. So I don't know if they're going to write something out to where they're going to have them throughout their championships and they're not going to see the users on the card either. So there's, there's a, it's various issues going on where the show may not be as good as everyone hopes it to be. And, of course, War Games happening for NXT is going to be huge because fans are already big on the War Games idea of returning. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to compete with that. So they're competing with each other, which is funny. But on top of all that, too, the cards doesn't look bad. It's just there's no real killer lineup here that says, oh, i got to see that match. Whereas before, I think if it was the AJ being a 10-year veteran and he's never left SmackDown and with the other 10-year veteran Seth Rollins who never leaves Raw – and we finally see this after 10 years, that makes more sense because I'd be interested into it at that point. Because now we've got a guy from Raw SmackDown that they've never wrestled, and now they can have this match, and it will make me more excited. But now that there's no real keep on either brand, it's hard to make that match. It's hard to make any match for Raw versus SmackDown because he's changing things up because Vince likes to shake things up a bit every year. And so they change it up every year where the draft was happening all the time. And I, and I hated that. I always hated the draft. Because it was fine to have initially, but it sucks because there's, there's they made good teagues out of it the first time they did this. The original brands, they lasted for a long time with that, where they never switched guys over until, like, years later. And then it made sense to care about any sort of SDR match. But now there's no real intrigue in it because we see these matches happening either at a lot of events or at the, the show the following year when they get transferred over. Exactly. I mean, there's so many things about this pay-per-view that just not only do they not make sense, but like you said, I think the core issue of WWE right now is that nothing ever matters. I mean, Raw and SmackDown, like you said, we got champion versus champion match, Baron Corbin versus The Miz. How exciting. Who cares? Like, no matter who wins, the other person does not get... There's nothing online here. There's nothing at stake, and I think I'm not... The only person to suggest this, but there should be something on the line here, whether it be a draft pick, which I wouldn't do, because like you said, they have people switch shows all the time. We just had fucking Kane come over to Raw for no reason whatsoever. The, the same guy who attacked Daniel Bryan, and Daniel Bryan is so upset that Kane attacked him, yet he makes no mention of the fact that Kane just left this show with any regard or reason whatsoever. But that aside, they should put something on the line in this show, whether it be a draft pick or at least the final spot in the Royal Rumble, or even, I mean, I know they don't book this far in advance, but the main event of WrestleMania, is that going to go to a Raw match or a Raw or a SmackDown match or who? Like, that's what I would put on the line yeah, that, at this pay-per-view. Yeah, that's the best thing to go with. Like, if you went out the evening, if, you, if your matches went out, like if Raw wins out or if SmackDown wins out, the winner of that 
gets the main event of WrestleMania, which maybe Raw wins that every year. Who knows? But you know, it's almost like the NLAL situation. You know, whoever won the All Star game got home for the advantage. That was the idea behind that, where it made more sense. And so you cared about it. It had, it had something on the line for it every year. You, you really wanted to watch it. And the same thing can happen with a lot of different things happening. There's a lot of reasons why that could actually mean more. But, you know, last year there's a lot on the line between Gloss and Smackdown where, you know, the Intercontinental or Cruiser could change hands. Or they not, or neither could have, or both could have. So there's a thing where that made something where there was something on the line. So at least we saw something to care about last year. This year, what is there to care about? Kurt Angle's job? I don't give a shit about that if I'm a SmackDown guy. So why do I care if Kurt Angle loses his job? And so there's, there's problems there where that's not enough for me to care. And Jason Jordan could go heel, changing this whole thing where he lose, makes Kurt lose his job. And there's a lot of things that could happen there. Or maybe we see Kevin Owens the same thing come out, costing Team SmackDown. There's, there's a lot of things that could turn around with that point where we care more about the show then we care about the match. So whether we see something happening where Raw is cost because there's either not qualified to be up there high enough or there's a problem where we're not going to see things happening properly, but there's issues there where both teams could lose, but you're going to still care more about the other show rather than caring about who won the match. So there's an issue in that, why am I going to care again? Who wins this? Okay, Kerning will lose his job. That's the only thing in the men's match that means anything. After that, after that, whether the match has any meaning behind it, I, I don't. I don't really know of one. Like I don't know of any match on the card I can think of that means that much. And why is it that the New Day lead the charge against the the Ross team when they were just on that squad like six months ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, they they as if this is such big brand loyalty, but you were just on Raw dating back to April, you know, and, mm-hmm. and now you somehow are against Raw completely because you changed this whole thing. It's almost like changing gangs. And, like, all of a sudden you got to kill one of your former gang members. Like, okay, that's great, but that's kind of a little tougher for me. So I don't know if that makes any sense. Why would I do it? There's no real hatred for me in them. It's, it's, there's no real reason why I should go after killing them. You would have more reason to kill them than I would. So there's issues there where I don't think it makes any sense. So there's problems in that there's no real-life scenario here why I can compare them. Because, again, like I mentioned, there's no real thing on the line. There's no real thing where you care about either Raw or SmackDown because they change brands every year with these characters. So I honestly don't care. I mean, imagine like good and all, but that's all I'm going to care about is the quality of the match, not the story of it, because there's isn't a story here to me. If the story is Raw v. SmackDown, that's, that's not good enough. Well, even when it comes to Angle's job, I mean, someone noted to me because I completely forgot, and I try to remember as much as I can, so if I forgot this, and it must have been insignificant, but last year before Survivor Series, Stephanie had said to every member of Raw, Roman, Seth, KO, Jericho, and Braun, that if they lose, they'd be fired, and Raw lost, and the next night she came on Raw, or whenever it was she reappeared, and said that she just used she just used that as motivation or as a joke or whatever. So they were never even really fired. So who's to say that even if Angle loses, if Team Raw loses, that he'll actually be fired? We've seen many, many times before. You go back to 2014 when the Authority lost. And that was a big deal uh, in that main event. That was a great match, but they were back a month later. So it's really hard to buy into these stipulations to begin with. And even on that note, I mean, we talked about John Cena earlier. 
I think they missed a huge opportunity here to do something with Cena. He's not a member of SmackDown. He was for a while, but as of a few months ago, he's a free agent. He was a free agent when he came back over the summer. He was on SmackDown for a few months. He was on Raw for a cup of coffee before he left. So why is he on Team SmackDown? I think they missed a huge opportunity here to have Shane and Kurt fight for John Cena in the weeks leading up to Survivor Series. Which brand will he go with to help represent that show going into the pay-per-view? A lot like what they did with Ryback a few years ago with the authority in Team Cena or Team WWE or whatever it was when he fought between the two shows and they didn't know what side he would be on. Uh, I thought that would be a pretty cool thing to do with with John Cena, but nope, just according to social media, he's on Team SmackDown for whatever the hell reason. Even though he was on Raw the last time we fucking saw him, so I think they missed a big opportunity there. And it wasn't a last-minute decision either. I mean, maybe it was with AJ winning the belt, but they knew Cena was coming in. It had been rumored weeks ago that Cena might be a special guest referee for the main event. He was on the fucking poster that someone put out. So they knew he would be here. They knew they, they could have had him appear on TV. So, I don't know. Like you said, the, the booking for this pay-per-view is all over the place. It's a situation with him because we know he's out filming a movie. So True. So, he can't really be on Raw and Smad and they freak at this point. You know, that's why he's coming back for Survivor Series. He may not, we may not see him literally till the actual event. And he may just run the event and go right back to filming the movie. So, you know, that's probably why we haven't seen anything big with his story. Which is fine. You know, if he's going to be a referee in any of the matches, that's cool because we add in the match and he's just there for that one evening and he's gone. It's that simple. So it's not like that him, being, him being in a match means anything. I would have preferred him being in the match with Jinder and Brock because that would add a star power to that, and I would have cared more about the winner of that because perhaps maybe whoever wins that match is whom John Cena goes after for which belt that, that, guy, that guy has. Or maybe he costs one of them the match. Or maybe the Singh brothers or someone get thrown out by by Cena and that costs Jinder the match because the Singh brothers are out there to cost anything. and. That perhaps sets up a rivalry between Jinder and Cena that sets up a, a WrestleMania match with the two where Cena wins his, his uh, 17 championship. There's a lot of ways to make that happen, so I cared about that ideology. But now that AJ has won the championship and Cena's added it, I know there's not going to be a change next week. I know we're guaranteed to see AJ and Brock. But also I know we're guaranteed that although we put all this time into Jinder Mahal, we, we basically made this guy a champion overnight. And I literally mean that because it was felt like that. We didn't give him a setup. We gave him basically seven wins, and one of those wins was a championship fight. And every one of them, the wins are the exact same. Seeing brothers come in, they interfere, the cloth, and that's it. it that's the match. That's what that, and I wish I was telling you to be uh, the lie in saying that, but I give you, I'm giving away a spoiler for every match that he's in because that's every single match. Mm-hmm. It all ends the same. I, I wish I was lying. I wish I was making it up. But if you'd like to, you can go back and watch every match and see that I'm right. Because that's how it works. The only man he's beaten other than that, uh, that sort of concept was Mojo. And that's because Cena Mojo didn't have to interfere in that match that drastically. And that's because Mojo was just not needing to do that. And I'm fine with the idea if you're having General Hall earn the opportunity. But we spent this whole time building this guy, this guy up. And they're going to India next month. And they're going to make him a champion before they go to India again. But yeah, we're not having him if you're on Survivor Series right now which is one of the big four. So he built this whole thing up, having to do all this big stuff, only to have him jump into that. He hasn't built a drug test. He actually came out on Twitter today in social media and said, I, this is not an experiment. I didn't fail a drug test. I am not hurt. He made sure to let that know, be known. Mm-hmm. So, again, why is he missing the event right now? Like, I'm cool if he misses it for AJ versus Brock. That's great. But I hate the idea of him missing it because he's the one who made the challenge to Brock. 
And I actually was intrigued enough to see Brock beat the hell out of Jinder Mahal. I would have loved to see that. Actually, I'm more excited to see Brock beat the hell out of him than AJ, because I just like AJ. Mm-hmm. So I, I just feel like they missed a huge opportunity here by setting this whole match up only to then screw us over because now we're not going to get that match happening at all. And people assuming that we can get it by next week, I, I don't think that Jinder Mahal is going to win it back next week. I think you'll get his rematch after maybe the, the two days after uh, Survivor Series because he knows he can win it back after Brock beats out of AJ. So at that point in time, you, you care about it then. But I just I just feel like they've made a huge mistake by doing this. And they, they screw around the cards so much now. I think they may have thought that these last-minute decisions are being made because they, they feel like it's a smart move because either they, they feel that they're doing it last-minute because of creative issues or they're doing last minute because of the sleep problem, or they're doing last minute because maybe there are injuries on the card. I don't know. And a lot of this has to do sometimes with you know the fact that there was fitness going around. They didn't know who was going to be available. We know Bray Wyatt is available right now. He's on the European tour. So why is Bray Wyatt not in this match at, for the men's Survivor Series team when you could easily have him in over Jason Jordan? There's just there's so many issues here. And you're right about the whole thing happening with there's no actual reasoning last year where. Stephanie says, oh, yeah, I'm going to fire you all. Literally, Undertaker's words were actually held to more of a higher standard because he came out last year around this time and said to the guys, if you lose, I'm coming for you, basically. And they won that match. Not easily, of course, but they won that match. On the, on the, you know, on the hands of, of Bray Wyatt, who is not in this match, by the way, again this year, who was a, a sole survivor with uh, Randy last year. You could have added a guy who's got experience in this match. And only guy on your roster there who has any, because apparently, we keep in mind, all these guys are new. Braun Strowman had been in the match last year, but wasn't really effective. Then Donovan have been in one of these. Samoju hasn't been in one of these. Chase Jordan has been in one of these. And Kurt Angles has been in one of these in over a decade. So, only guy really with experience is, a- is Angle. On the other side, Shane was the one last year who, when he was part of the winning team. Randy Orton's the greatest survivor history of men's tag man ever. And you have John Cena who's very effective in these matches. And of course, the 16-time world champion, so you can't count him out. Bobby Roode might be new, and Shizuke might be new, but that's really your only new guy. Or new guys. So there's more of a care about that side because you actually know they can win. Because they've proven it. We've not seen that out of Team Raw. And you guys are relatively new. And dog, like we hate these guys. They're good. Yeah, they're good and very, very good. I mean, the Braun Strowman's huge. He's popular. People like him. Samoa Joe's as good as he's ever been, and Angle's great. So is Finn, but there's there's no reason that i got to care about Team Raw. So people are going to care about Team Smackdown more, so they're going to hope that Team Smackdown wins more. That's, that's the only reason they're going to care about it, because there's more popular guys on that side. So that's the kind of problem we're running into here, is that there's, they've stacked the card in the wrong way. Next week, I wouldn't be shocked if Natty drops her championship to Charlotte Flair, and then Charlotte goes on to take on Alexa next week at the event because they'd rather see a face versus a face, mm-hmm. or face versus a heel, rather than saying he'll be heel for like three matches on the card, which that would have happened. You know, Baron Corbin and Miz, I would be shocked if one of them dropped their championship next week too. I and mean, there's, there's a lot of reasons why this whole thing makes no sense. But they, they set up where the initial card looked to be all heel versus heel. Now they change it up to a point where that could be totally opposite come next week. I mean, come next Sunday, Graham, we could be seeing a drastically altered card. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I mean, all the like I said, from an in-ring standpoint, I'm looking forward more to this card, this current incarnation of the card, than it was a few weeks ago. But from a build standpoint, 
I mean, again, it means nothing. There's absolutely no logic in anything they've done so far. They're just trying to get more people talking about the show. There are way more people talking about this pay-per-view than there was a week ago. And if they were talking about it, it's about how they might not watch the show because Mahal and Lesnar was going to be a bore fest unless Lesnar killed a guy. But beyond that, right now, it looks like we got a way better card. But speaking of Mahal, like you had said, I I can't say that this was the plan all along to put the belt on AJ right before the pay-per-view. Because if it was the plan all along, they should not have had Mahal throw out the challenge. They should not have had Mahal come into this fucking yeah. pay-per-view, come anywhere near this show as WWE champion. Now, this is not a, a bold you know thing to say, but Mahal as WWE champion is not working at all. It was not working at all for months. Like I'm not saying just in the last month alone, but going back to over the summer, they should have dropped the belt to Nakamura at SummerSlam, let alone at Hell in a Cell. If they had Nakamura win the championship at Hell in a Cell and then do Nakamura and Lesnar, that would have made more sense because at least Mahal can move on and whatever. But like you had said, you know, they've invested this much in Jinder as the WWE champion. They want him to go into the tour as champion or win the belt back on the tour, whatever. They have a SmackDown pay-per-view in December in Boston. So they can do the rematch between AJ and Jinder there or, you know, if Jinder wins the back the belt at some point. I don't think he wins it back on Tuesday. At this point, he shouldn't. Otherwise, why would you have done the title change in the first place on this show? Makes no sense. But when it comes to Jinder, at least going forward, uh, it, it doesn't really seem like they know what they're going for. They wanted AJ and Lesnar in the main event for a more compelling main event for this pay-per-view, which is all fine and good, but it just I, I don't know where they're going with this. In a perfect world, hopefully they would have figured out that Mahal was not working as WWE champion, and they won't put the belt back on him. But at this point, you've some you've, you've come so close to the tour that you almost have to put the championship back on him. And like you said, they've been advertising him as a two-time WWE champion. And this was definitely to, to put the belt on AJ. Definitely a last-minute decision, just because last week they were advertising AJ and Rusev, and then days later they changed it to AJ and Mahal. So if they had AJ winning the belt, they, yeah, they had that penciled in weeks it's ago. Literally the dumbest bullshit you've ever seen, Graham. The yeah. best thing about this is that. I was more furious for the fact they never even referenced the actual creative move. Okay, I get it. If, if by chance that match was created and then Jinder Mahal beats down AJ, now you make sense of the fact that Shane changes mind. Okay, fine. Let's reference that. Why was it not referenced? Yep. Ever. It was referenced on SmackDown this week. It was referenced on the actual .com thing. They ignored the booking decision altogether. All they did was say, because of the actions of Jinder Mahal... AJ gets a match for the championship. That's fine if we're getting that match to happen. I'm cool with that. I don't think anyone really cares about that match being that way. But you did this whole thing only to then give this whole thing no credence. So it definitely was a last-minute decision. My theory is that they had always planned to have Jinder Mahal drop the championship at some point. But my theory was it was probably going to happen two days after SmackDown, uh, two days after uh, Survivor Series off the air, and they would have had it on SmackDown Live that week, and AJ would have challenged, and Jinder would have accepted because he would have thought maybe he could beat the Beast, so he was as close to beating the Beast, and he got DQ'd or whatever. That could be a way of having that work out. So he doesn't actually lose the fact, uh, lose the match, but he doesn't lose it in a weird way. So it makes a little more sense there. Well, you get Jinder Mahal DQ victory over, over Lesnar. That easily could happen. Like, I think anyone would be cool with that. So you're not getting Jinder Mahal to win. You're just getting the DQ win. Or maybe he gets DQ'd. I don't know. But either way, you don't have him. Any of the guys in that match, neither one has to take a loss. 
so it, it's there's no pin or, or, or submission needed in either one of those matches. Either one of those guys need to take. So you don't have any reason to worry. But they could have that match happen on Tuesday. Jinder could have dropped it on Tuesday, and then at the pay per view they could have had him win it right back, and that would have been no problem there. Or and this is a, a crazy thought here too, Graham. We could have not had him by the title at all, and had him just go to India tour, being on the tour the entire time, just being his champion and having to AJ chase the title, and having a win at the Rumble, which would have given him a, a, like a two month long reign extra. That's what I figured and was going to happen. Yeah. Would get more significant. Mm-hmm. Well, I figured, especially since the story. I mean, again, I'm not going to complain about AJ becoming champion. I think it's awesome. Any. If it's, you know, it's short of a reign for Mahal as possible. I mean, I know it's been six months, but the guy was not working as champion. We would have had to endure another two months of him as champion. But at least from a storyline standpoint, I said this weeks ago, it would have been cool just because the last time we saw AJ Styles as WWE champion was at the Royal Rumble. So he wins the belt back at that pay-per-view. And then that same night, again, this is pure fantasy booking, but you have Shinsuke Nakamura win and you do Styles and Nakamura at WrestleMania. And not the rumored Mahal yeah, and John Cena match. Anyway. You know, that's the thing about it, Graham. Is that, that match is going to happen anyway. Because AJ and, and had basically had this war with Vince already. He's going to have that match. So we've had that kind of pointed at us the entire time. And it's not unlikely to think that AJ will be a three-time world champion before Royal Rumble happens. Or maybe he wins it back at the Rumble. Who knows? I mean, there's ways that they can make this happen where AJ can win it off of gender and then goes into the chamber match and, you know, retains it. As Jinder gets his rematch in that match, so that's assuming. You know, they, there's a, I think Raw would get the chamber pit. They've been doing like you know how TLC went to SmackDown last year and Raw got it this year. I think if they did the chamber well, again, they, they probably already announced run. it's going to be a SmackDown show. So I thought the same thing. That's my first thought too. They already announced it's going to be a SmackDown show. Did so they? I thought, well, that's kind of weird. But they they did. So I thought that was a weird thing. Like I thought they were going to change it again, like they did with TLC, like you mentioned it with uh, hmm. with Hell in the Cell. Yeah. But according to the bylaws, they didn't change it. So that could be because they need to feel like SmackDown needs it more because they have more guys that are going to run for the championship other than Raw who may not. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, with but Brock. I would be shocked if they make a decision change. Anything. Yeah. And keep in mind, this is WWE. They could change their mind at any time, at any time. So let's not assume they're not going to change it. So you know they're going to change it. Let's pretend they don't. Either way, we could have a we could have a match happen with SmackDown doing something with the world title in February, and that could be Jinder Mahal's rematch. So then Rumble comes, then WrestleMania comes up, and you get AJ versus Shinsuke for the title there. I think it easily, I think it's still going to happen. Do I think it's going to be an event? I don't really think it will because Roman and Brock are going to be an event. So you know whether you like it or not, that's the match, guys. Sorry. So I don't think Roman's going to probably win another Rumble, and. Whether we like that or not, that's just how they're going to do it. So there's a lot of problems there where they could go with other booking scenarios, but because they hate us, they're going to book what they want. Yeah, exactly. That that's the issue. I mean, if they're if they're going to book Roman and Brock, whatever. I mean, they've been building towards that for such a long time. I get where they're going with that. The only issue with the Mania card that I do take exception to is the aforementioned Mahal and Cena match. That, to me, makes absolutely no sense. The whole Cena conquering the foreign heel. We've seen it a million times. No one cares. The match would probably not be any good. The SmackDown match they had a couple months ago was not really all that good at all. And I'm not exactly sure where they're going with this. I know, like you said... The biggest issue, too, here, Graham, is that it, the Cena victory for the 16th World title was just kind of a throwaway. It, it was. It didn't have it was. very long either. Like, yeah. Lunt Rumble dropped it, like, basically two weeks later. Yep. And then Bray Wyatt won it and then dropped his at WrestleMania to Randy Orton. So that title went from being on Cena to Aaron Orton and then Dungeon General Hall with on the span of like a, a five month period that was that was how it went. Mm-hmm. And it was just a, a throwaway championship. It 
And I'm glad that Jim held on to it for a little longer, at least, because I don't care who held it at that time. I just wanted someone to hold on to it where it meant something when the guy lost. If I'm seeing someone hold on to it for two weeks and drop it every couple of weeks, I just feel like the title means nothing at that point. It feels like a, a, a hardcore title, which I just don't think is a smart move to do a world championship. Yeah. At least if you're going to do it, do it with a mid-card title. Don't do it with a world title. And it just that takes, makes it kind of cheap. So if, if we're going to see something Jinder Mahal drop the championship, that's great. Have him not lose the entire time. And then I've seen that to challenge against Jinder Mahal feeling like he may not be able to beat him. And then you make that one of the top matches at WrestleMania having him finally get the 17th over Mahal. That makes more sense because Jinder Mahal would have been a guy that's almost unbeatable at that point. Mm-hmm. And you could have made him into this big-time star where he could have gone on hold on to the championship for over 300 days. It's a, it's a pretty big, significant situation there. That means his first world title is big, and now you can make him something bigger after he drops the title of Cena. So at least there's something good out of that. But now they've kind of ruined that. So whether Jinder wins it back or not, at least for a 17th world title reign, you think that Cena would on the championship a little longer. Maybe he drops it to Rumble next year, drops it uh, to the uh, to that SummerSlam the following uh, months later. So you could at least have him hold on to that 17th for a little longer. But you know when he wins it, it shouldn't it should not be happening on a SmackDown show. It shouldn't be happening on a random SmackDown televised show. It should be happening at a big pay-per-view. And WrestleMania is the perfect time to have that happen. But I don't want to see him drop it a week later if he does win it. So they need to figure out the timing he has and the amount of time they know he has to do this. Because if they don't, then it's just going to be the Brock Lesnar reign, which is basically defending it three times a year, and then you're done. So I just don't want to see that. But that, that's kind of what they're going to be doing with whoever is the champion at that point. So I don't know. It, I kind of feel like they could go they could go better with AJ and, and Nakamura at WrestleMania here. But where does it lead Jim Hall, who you built the entire year up with? Where does it lead him at WrestleMania? Does he have any big match there? Like, I think the biggest problem is that if you're going to go with Jinder Mahal being this character that you want him to be, great, but live through that. Don't just get – you gave up on Jinder, but yet you're not going to give up on Roman Reigns, who everyone universally seems to hate. At least people are kind of coming around slowly a little bit with Jinder. Jinder has a, a standpoint of saying he could be in there because he's going to be in the connection. So he's got 1.2 billion people that could probably like him. Even though they don't, because they all think it's scripted. They don't know it's scripted over in any, by the way. There's only like 10% of the people who watch that know scripted over there. It's actually pretty sad. Trust me, Graham. It's, it's hilarious, but true. <laughs> At least you have a fan base there that who may like him a little bit. That's out of the 100, you know, 1.2 billion, 100 million people may be watching that may like him. That's a lot of people who are going to pay for him. And if you keep on making him a top star for the company, there's something good that could come out of that. With Roman Reigns, it's just not anything that could come out of that. There's nothing you can find that you can actually make sense of. So, if you're not getting up on Roman, why would you give up on, on gender? And this is coming from a guy who doesn't really like Jinder Mahal. I just think that the idea of the booking standpoint is there's a lot of bad ideas on, that's on the table. It seems like they have no idea what they want to do. And they don't want to stick with the continuity of all of it either, Graham. That's the biggest problem I have, too, is that I want to see them stick with the continuity. Like, if they're going to do something, stick to it. But don't stick to it after it's not worked and continued and then all of a sudden now you feel like you can't do it with someone else even though you've done it with someone else that actually has no real reason to work General Hall could work it's just they did it about the wrong way they could have changed it up again where they could have General Hall maybe win the US title call at the Indian Championship and then maybe win Lane the Bank or something that could have been how they could have done it but they chose to do it way too quick and thus got with a problem they got which is a lot of pushback from fans so this, that's kind of the biggest issue. They can still go back and try this again with Jinder Mahal, but slower. But that's still hard to do. 
with Roman Reigns, there's no go back. It's 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 bust now. So there's just multiple issues surrounding the entire thing, and there's a reason why fans have not watched as much, and there's a reason why ratings are down. It's not because football's on. It's because of the booking problems, and this is the main reason as to why. It's both shows are booking horribly because neither know what they're doing from week to week, and it's, it's plainly obvious now. That, that I thought before it might have been that maybe one show mistakenly did something or one show did something that was a little off, but Graham... I honestly believe now they have no idea what they're doing anymore. And, and it's clear with the AJ versus mm-hmm. match being just thrown out for no reason. Like that match is not even referenced. I can understand they referenced it. They never even bothered referencing it. Mm. Well, I mean, hopefully between now and WrestleMania, they'll get their shit together. I mean, I doubt it, but there is time for them to get a solid card together for WrestleMania, no matter who they put in the Universal Championship spot or the WWE Championship spot. But if we do get Brock and Roman. For the Universal Championship, and then Cena and Mahal for the WWE Championship. In my opinion, Wrestle Kingdom is looking a, a lot better than WrestleMania at this point because it was announced a couple days ago. Like I said at the start of the show, it's going to be Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho for the first time ever and probably only time ever at the New Japan Pro Wrestling WrestleMania, uh, the Wrestle Kingdom 12 show on January 4th. Now the news broke a couple days back. I'm not huge. In the New Japan whatsoever, but I heard the news and I knew I had to watch that show. So, Joe, I want to get your immediate reaction. Are you looking forward to the match and your thoughts on it altogether? My, my biggest thing was, and I think that everyone watching the same thing that I'm watching, I'm, I've always liked watching Japanese wrestling, although I hate parts of it because I believe that they make a lot of bad mistakes because they don't hold their guys back, but they should. You know, they should be holding them back a little bit. And that's apparent by watching Okada and Omega last year by just going way too far. Okada Omega has been the best rivalry all year, and they chose to ignore that completely and give us Naito versus Okada. And I love Naito. I think uh, Naito's an amazing performer. He's similar to Randy Orton, for those that want to know if you're going to have to relate to somebody. So he's very, very good in the ring. Uh, Okada is by no means any less important. He's amazing. He's one of the longest ring IWGP Heavyweight Champion in history over there. Very, very important performer there. And the U.S. champion currently is Kenny Omega, who they just crowned U.S. champion earlier this year at the uh, American Tour over here. And now they're putting Chris Jericho against Kenny Omega, which is a weird thing because that stole a guy from WWE for a short time, even though it's not a big name anymore because Jericho might be still a big name for some people, but he's not. they don't like stole like a Finn Balor back or they, or they brought in a John Cena or Randy Orton, you know. They brought over a, a kind of a, an older, mid-40s guy. It, it's not as important as it could have been. So... It would be more important if they brought a bigger name over there to do that. And people are assuming Trish Jericho is somehow there as a mole for Vincent Mann to be able to find a way to weasel in and convince Kenny Omega to leave when this contract comes up in February. I don't believe that's the fact. I think he's going to leave or not leave based on whatever happens with New Japan. The whole idea of Kenny Omega staying was after he had an amazing 2016 and early 2017, he would be able to leave and probably have a bigger opportunity. But he chose to stay and win the IWGB Heavyweight Championship, but they chose to keep up on Okada all year long. But they had him beat Okada twice this year with non-title matches on the line. So they're evened up. And instead of giving him a chance at the world title at Rose Kingdom, having him maybe beat Naito the G1 champion again this year, they instead had Okada lose to Omega and the G1, which why is the world champion involved in the G1 anyway? I don't know. And Naito beats Omega in the finals. I feel that that was a dumb move. 
Omega could go on to be world champion, and that would let him stay on the brand for a little longer. But they chose to completely ignore this with Omega. The only thing he wants to do there is win the world title. I think he's leaving anyway. I don't believe he's going to stay another year trying to get the championship when he's been earning it all year long anyway. I believe Naito's going to drop it. All right, the going to drop it to Naito at Wrestle Kingdom. It's a big card anyway. The card is stacked. Cody Rhodes has a big match happening in the card, too. Uh, so it's still going to be a pretty big event. It's, it was great last year. Well, it was pretty good, barring Japanese wrestling very predictable. So you could watch a match in two seconds. You know who the winner's going to be. Uh, the final two matches are the ones that really matter. Like last year was Tanahashi against Naito for the Intercontinental and Omega and Okada, which is all the reason to watch the show was those two matches. Uh, they have a lot of big matches happening, though. So it's obviously going to be good. My hope is that Omega and Jericho live up to what people want it to be. Because that'll put New Japan back on that a little bit. But it makes you wonder, a lot of problems with Japan is always going to be that they don't really want to get it with time. They don't want to do English-speaking material. They don't want to connect it to, you, to people of English language speaking. So they don't want to care about people over here. But they want to be bigger than WWE. I don't feel that would be bigger than WWE by speaking Japanese. So they're going to have trouble doing that. And that being said, I'm not looking forward to the card from a standpoint of future standpoint. I'm looking forward to the card because it was already going to be good regardless of Omega and Jericho. But that only makes it better because they're on it. So, Wrestle Kingdom looks to be pretty good. It's their WrestleMania over there in Japan, so it's clearly going to be a big card anyway. But the biggest thing to talk about after this is really going to be, you know, the post-Wrestle Kingdom. What are the plans for Omega? That's going to be the biggest question mark, I think, that we're going to talk about after and even going up to. Because his contract comes up again in February, and I don't know if he's resigning. And so that's going to be a big, big talk leading up to and after the event. And that whole thing with Jericho is only going to make people talk about it more. That's what I thought, too. I thought, I mean, again, pure fantasy booking standpoint. Not saying it's going to happen next year, but I thought it'd be pretty fucking cool if you had the match at Wrestle Kingdom, and then you had a rematch at WrestleMania on Jericho's turf. You have it on Omega's turf in New Japan, then have a rematch at WrestleMania. If the contract is up in January, February, someone told me that it was up in like late 2018 with the Young Bucks. Not sure how accurate that is. His contract is up next year. Yeah, Ring of Honor has him in a contract to December. Ring of Honor does with Kenny Omega or the Bucks or Bucks too, right? Well, Kenny Omega is in a New Japan contract. Ring of Honor has Bucks in a contract. Okay, that's kind of complicated, but that's how it works. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not sure how it's going to work out, but it would be fucking cool to see Kenny Omega in WWE at some point. I do think he was going to win the uh, IWGP Championship eventually. It's obviously not going to happen at Wrestle Kingdom, but if he doesn't re-sign, we could see him in WWE at some point before long. With the Bucks, we'll see. Maybe after they're done with Ring of Honor, but pretty crazy week that we're talking about Wrestle Kingdom, WrestleMania Survivor Series. A lot of shit going on. Like I said, Joe, great week to have you on. Any final thoughts as we wind down? I mean, I don't really have a lot of final thoughts, uh, but I will say that watching the Survivor Series, you're going to notice a couple of different things on that card that you may not believe is, is a good idea. And that won't mean anything to you and probably won't mean anything in the next couple of months. But trust me, you're going to notice them and you're going to scratch your head and you're going to wonder why. But don't fret about that, ladies and gentlemen. Try to avoid that thought because trust me, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't. It never matters. When it comes also, to WWE... Also, if you want to catch me, you can do so at various places. You can find me on Twitter at JoeBurgett underscore WE or on Facebook at Wrestling News Hub where we do live shows all, all the time over there. So make sure you join me there if by chance you want to see me or talk with me. 
Awesome, dude. Awesome. I know you used to write for Bleach Report, obviously, and The Inquisitor. Any other places you're writing these days? I don't know. Over who, uh, whoever wants to bring me on, I work with various places. Uh, I think I'm writing with The Gamer a lot more, uh, The Richest, Blasting News sometimes uses me. You know, it all kind of depends on who wants to hire me for the most amount of money. Awesome, dude. So you're basically like the Kota Ayabushi or the Chris Jericho of the wrestling writing world. Is that an accurate comparison? Yeah, very freelance. Yeah, not under contract really with anybody. <laughs> so I can do whatever I want. That is awesome. Well, dude, I've known you for a long time. Very talented dude. Both awesome guy and great writer as well. Awesome having you on. Thanks so much for coming on, dude. I appreciate it. Thank you, Ram. Big thanks once again to Joe for coming here on the show. I had a lot of fun talking to him about WWE Survivor Series, WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom, and everything else going on right now in the world of WWE and beyond. In the last few days alone, it's fucking Thursday, November 9th, and so much has happened in the matter of days. And we did not even get to impact Wrestling Bound for Glory. I'm just kidding, that show sucked anyway. So anyway, the last couple of weeks of WrestleRant Radio, we've had special guest after special guest after special guest. Last week, if you haven't already checked it out, we had Brian Murphy. Murph from College Humor. Check out the debut of Hot Date on Pop TV. Premiered yesterday at 8 o'clock Eastern, 11 Eastern as well at night. Check out the show if you haven't already. As soon as our interview went up last week on WrestleRant Radio... College Humor uploaded the first full episode of the show on their YouTube channel. That was completely coincidental. So check that out if you haven't already. If you didn't check out the premiere of the show on Pop on Wednesday night. Last week or the week before that, we had Tommy Sharp on to help us break down uh, the TLC pay-per-view. We've had a lot of great guests on, including Joe here today. Next week, making his WrestleRant Radio return for the first time since right before SummerSlam. Hopefully, fingers crossed, you know... Unless anything changes, everything is subject to change, a lot like the Survivor Series card. We got at RJ underscore Marceau. Mr. Marceau is back on WrestleRant Radio, people. They helped me break down one of his favorite pay-per-views of the year on his birthday, no less. The 14-year, I believe, anniversary of his favorite pay-per-view, one of his favorite pay-per-views of all time on his birthday, Survivor Series 03. It's Mr. Marceau. We're breaking down Survivor Series 2017 picks, predictions, previews, and much more of the entire card and NXT TakeOver War Games that Saturday. It's going to be a stack show if he can make it. Again, fingers crossed. We never really know with Mr. Marceau. He's a busy individual, but if he can make it, it's going to be a stack show, as always, right here on WrestleRant Radio. Like I said before, folks, you guys can check out WrestleRant Radio on iTunes. Subscribe today. Simply search up WrestleRant Radio on Apple Podcasts. Hit that subscribe button. Again, you not only get the new episodes every single week, you not only get those new ones, you get every old episode as well, and there's a lot of gems in there from the past four years. And as always, thank you for your support of the show and making it possible. That being said, guys, as always, follow me on the socials at Twitter, at WrestleRant, on Twitter, at WrestleRant. I got 280 now. I got 280 characters. 280 characters. So fucking pumped about that. So follow me there. Find me on Facebook at facebook.com backslash graham.gsm.matthews on YouTube as well at youtube.com backslash c backslash graham.gsm.matthews and of course right here on nextwrestling.net for full written reviews of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Impact Wrestling, uh, Lucha Underground is over for right now, Ring of Honor, Main Event, and so much more all on the website nextwrestling.net. Net. That being said, folks, have an awesome rest of your week. Enjoy the weekend. I'm Graham G.S. Matthews, and I'll catch your ass down the road. Wow.